I don't know if I should do this, but you're saying like... You know what I told her? I told her, don't let your boyfriend stop you from finding your soulmate. Right! And I'm just like, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Also, a bitch is not qualified to say this stuff, okay? (laughs) So take my words with a grain of salt. Hey everyone, welcome back to Misperception Podcast. Thank you for tuning in on another Tuesday. Today I have my special guest on, which is my best friend, Megan. Hi. <laughs> Megan, would you like to introduce yourself? Just like your name, your age, your major. <laughs> Hi everyone, my name is Megan Avis. I am a student at UCLA majoring in political science, specifically American politics. And I recently turned 21, so yes, it's I been fun. <laughs> December, baby. Oh, my gosh. Tell them how we met from your perspective, because obviously I know how it was from mine. And then I also want to know your first impression of me, because I asked that to everybody. <laughs> oh, gosh. The thing is, I know I knew about you before I even met you. Just How? Just because you know our floor mate I don't know if I should name (laughs) name drop his name but I was like no there's this girl on this floor who I like we went to the gym and she's a badass because she does like martial arts or Muay Thai Thai. (laughs) and then so I had that I was like oh shoot there's this girl that does Muay Thai like oh she's oh she's gonna kick my ass or something like that so when I met you I was very intimidated that's That's the thing I was very intimidated because like Oh shoot, like another like fellow Asian female, uh-huh. but like she's definitely more accomplished than like cuz I don't do this stuff. <laughs> I do not think I'm more accomplished than you do not say that. <laughs> no, but like we I, I mean we hung out like probably within like that next week or so mm-hmm. with you, me and of course Nick. Mm-hmm. Our friend Nick. And so I don't know, we just, that us, us three just kind of just bonded over, like, I don't know, it's hard to think about, like, our first impression just because that seems so long ago. I know! It seems like we've known each other forever. Exactly, and, like, now that you're telling me to think, I was like, when was your first impression? Was, like, obviously, I already told you, badass, still a badass. <laughs> um, I don't know, we just kind of clicked. I mean... Mm-hmm. We kind of got married within like the first like <laughs> we're, we're married we're we're we're, ch- we're wives exactly we're wifeys we're wifeys it was so funny because i remember um well especially when you live in the dorm and like on the same floor you kind of just have to become close not have to but like they put you in an environment where it's like pretty easy to become close to people mm-hmm. you're living with these people like 24 7 you know and so like megan said we formed a group me megan and nick and thinking about it it was kind of funny because we bonded over like tragedy um i was going through like my breakup and then megan had like family issues and basically the rest is history (laughs) now we're here also i would just like to inform everybody that megan wants me megan makes me want to kill myself sometimes (laughs) so megan and her now boyfriend nick or whatever (laughs) they're so cute that i literally my next blink is my last like it was okay so the thing is like 
it's funny how we came to be. Yes, we are now dating, which has just happened very, very recently. Very, very recently. Um, because before that, like I mentioned, it was you, or obviously you, me, Nick, we were like basically like the, tr- yeah, yeah, the three of us, the trio that were like basically like great friends, yeah, best friends. Together basically. forever. Together forever. <laughs> We have a group chat called Nick at Night. Exactly, <laughs> Nick at Night. Um, which, <laughs> I don't know how that formed, but it was I know. so funny. Uh-huh. Um, and so, I mean, our relationship started as, like, we're just friends. Especially, well, between Nick and I, we're just friends. I tease him a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, he makes fun of me a lot. Basically, it was just, like, a back-and-forth banter type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, obviously... At this time, I was in a relationship. I was actually in a two-and-a-half-year-long relationship. Um, so, basically, we're just friends. Um, and I didn't even know that I was, I don't know, remotely interested in him <laughs> until way into the quarter. Um, but, obviously, I couldn't do anything about it because I was in a relationship. Um, and I was like, there's no way I'm Nick's type. No way! I remember, okay, this is what I remember. Remember how we were all, I think it was in your room, right? We were all in your room, and we were making the chart or whatever, what the guys liked. And I remember us talking about it. We were like, oh, what's who's your your celebrity crush? Like, natural conversation, just like that. Like, what's your type? And freaking, like, they would name things. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not that. Exactly. But, and then you come to learn, like, just because someone has a type doesn't mean they, they wouldn't date someone out of their type. Right. But literally, Nick is smitten smitten with megs so <laughs> oh oh my gosh because i actually never i need to i wonder if you're gonna ask him about his perspective but literally i will <laughs> <laughs> so how it came to be i guess we were very close i mean we had your christmas party oh my gosh guys let me tell you about this damn christmas party oh my gosh yeah so <laughs> this queen bro <laughs> so um this feels like forever ago, no? Right. It was literally a month ago. <laughs> literally. Okay, literally a month and four days ago. Yeah. So we went home. So our dorm kicked us out like December 10th. And then Megan lives in the BA area. Um, but her flight back was it until like the 15th or something. Yeah. So she actually came and stayed at my house. And I was like, uh-huh, slumber party every day. <laughs> um, so I was throwing this Christmas party for our, uh, you know, just our floor mates and like just a couple of my friends from UCLA that I wanted them to meet like my home fr- hometown friends. So I just had like a small gathering. Small gathering, quote unquote. <laughs> and yeah, at that, the, the party was very eventful, okay? <laughs> That's like one way to say it, yeah, I, know. I guess. Very eventful. Um, relationships were formed not formed but progressed i don't know relationships progressed uh people found out things that they shouldn't have found it anyways it was a big big uh fun mess i love that (laughs) well just leave it at that fun mess so oh my gosh okay i let me tell you this from my perspective okay so obviously nick and megan um they didn't get together at the party but they were were close i mean yeah because obviously at that point, well, I still thought at that point we were like really great friends. And I mean, obviously when, when you're drunk, you get very tipsy and stuff like that. And uh, I don't know, I guess we were just with each other like 
this the whole night. The whole night. When um, you're drunk, it just kind of enhances everything. Yeah, enhances your feeling. Also exaggerates everything. Like I'm just my personality is more exaggerated. Or if I'm flirty, I'm like more flirty when it comes to being intoxicated. <laughs> <laughs> like I remember them telling me like you were yelling at Jinbin, our floor mate, because I told him that if he lost a game of foosball against me, he would need to drink a beer. Or he said he would eat, the loser has to drink a beer. Yeah. And then he lost, and I guess I was yelling at him, you better drink that beer, Jin Bean. <laughs> I was like, no way. <laughs> it was so funny. I, Megan had to drink the bitch cup when we were playing um, uh, beer pong. Yeah. Oh, no, no, Rage Cage. Rage, Rage Cage? Cage? Yeah. Rage Cage. I had to drink the bitch cup, and I think that kind of tipped me over <laughs> into the whole t- intoxicator state. And um, I don't know. I always end up with the bitch cup. <laughs> Nick took care of her though. So, anyways, okay, after that party or whatever, um, I remember it was like a couple days later, we were going to Legoland, but Megan was already back in the Bay Area. So, I went with like Nick and like uh, my roommate and Anna, you guys know my best friend. And um, he was telling me, I was like, So, Nick, is there something you want to tell me? Like, is there something you want to tell me? So, okay, the guy that I was with at my holiday party was the one that told me oh they like each other i was like no they don't like i'm their best friend i know they don't like each other like they don't like each other i stood by corrected okay (laughs) i stood by corrected um and then okay so then keeping that in mind i was like okay nick is there something you want to tell me and he was like yeah so me and megan i was like i knew it girl i knew it (laughs) Um, but he was like, yeah, but I don't know what to do about it. Like, she, she still has her man or whatever. And I was like, okay, well, you got to figure out your feelings first. Mm-hmm. And it was just so funny because I remember I was on a trip to, like, Vegas or whatever. And they didn't know about each other's feelings. So I was just kind of like the middle person, right? I hate being the middle person. But you know what? If it helps two of my best friends find love, I'll be the middle person every goddamn time. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but Nick was telling me things like we would be, we would FaceTime because Nick and I were going through the same thing. Right. We would FaceTime. We would just talk about our feelings or whatever, because obviously we couldn't tell the person that we wanted to tell. <laughs> and then I remember this. I was in Vegas. I, um, I woke up to Megan's text. Two texts from Megan. It was like two in the morning. I was already asleep, right? And then two in the morning and then at six in the morning, um, she was like, did Nick tell you about his girl problems? (laughs) And then like, can you call me ASAP? I wake up at like nine or whatever. I was like, okay, I'm ready to call. We get on the call. And then we were like, um, I was telling Megs, well, Nick, well, oh my gosh, sorry. Megs was like, yeah, I know about Nick's girl problems. I was like, damn oh also nick and i sent each other out on missions okay like freaking spies what yeah did you not tell you this no so i was trying to figure out my thing with my dude and he was trying to figure out his thing with you and then i was like okay you know what i'll go talk to her if you go talk to him for for me like just figure out how we feel about each other (laughs) so i pulled through on my mission okay (laughs) And this bitch, Nick, no, he failed. Incomplete. Um, But yeah, so me and Megan, we get out on a call. We start talking or whatever. And then I tell her, yeah, like Nick is 
da da da. And then Megan's like, Nick confessed to me, da da da. I was like, okay, great. Now I'm not holding back the secret or whatever. And we were just trying to figure out what Megan should do in that situation because, you know, obviously she was still in the relationship. But when you're in a relationship and then you start developing feelings for someone else, like there's something wrong, you know? Yeah. And then, yeah, so we were discussing that because, again, a two and a half year long relationship. And I was telling her, like, am I, am I going to risk, like, stability and stuff like this for something new where I feel like I have doubts just getting into this relationship because what if he loses feelings for me, yada, yada. He's going to go to a frat. He's going to meet all these new people. And so I discussed this with Hannah, and I'm just like, I don't know if I should do this, but you're saying like... You know what I told her? I told her, don't let your boyfriend stop you from finding your soulmate. Right! And I'm just like, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Also, a bitch is not qualified to say this stuff, okay? (laughs) So take my words with a grain of salt. But in that moment, I was just... They were my best friends, so I saw, like, we were together... The thing is, all three of us were together pretty much through our worst. Well, through my worst and through your worst. So I was just telling her, I was like, Meg's like, he's seen you. Like, we've both seen you through your worst. And I know how deeply he cares about you because of how he was there and how, like, every single time, like, there was something wrong. Nick's the first person to be like, let's go check on Megan. Like, I was just, obviously, I was rooting for Nick because Nick is one of my best friends. And I was just like, like, I know Nick is not the type of guy to get into a relationship and then abandon you. And obviously, I was like, this was a big decision for Megan, too. I'm sure it wasn't easy. It definitely wasn't. And even after the fact, um, well, okay, it's not that I'm trying to bash on my now ex. I mean, the two and a half years we've been together obviously have been wonderful. They've been great. We love each other and... You know, it's not like this was, this definitely wasn't an easy decision. Um, But you can definitely tell that even after all these great moments that we shared, that the relationship was, at least on my end, was, you know, kind of dwindling. And especially after developing feelings for Nick, it's just like I can't continue on with, you know, my, my past relationship if, one, Nick admitted his feelings to me and then I also had feelings for Nick. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely wasn't fair to continue on um, with relationship with my ex um, and so the day after Nick confessed his feelings for me and also right after we had that talk because it was there was kind of a sense of urgency of because my ex was trying to come to LA mm-hmm. that following weekend and it's like I there's no way in in good conscience can I have these feelings but at the same time still allow my ex to like you know interact with me in LA and also you might hang out with Nick and stuff like that um and so at that moment literally after that conversation I called my ex and told him what was happening told him hey I unfortunately I think this relationship needs to end and it's not like we're cutting each other out out of our lives entirely I mean yes of course I need space Mm -hmm. and I want him to have space but because we've been involved in our lives for so long, um, you know, may, from time to time, I'll probably text him. But for now, I'm just, you know. Space and time. And, I mean, right now, like, I'm 
happy. <laughs> Megs is the most happy I've ever seen her in my entire life. She's sis is glowing. <laughs> I'm really I'm really happy. It's very unexpected from going to like a best friend relationship to like now like a romantic relationship. But like even with all the struggles and stuff like that, I we both Nick and I both agree like we're just glad that things happened the way it did because it ended up with us being together and it's kind of funny how typically I go into relationships without really knowing the person but because we've been best friends for months now it's like all that nervousness and all that like you know I don't know all all of those feelings that you would get in a first relationship is gone just because we know each other so much and we kind of it was just so easy to like click, you know. He asked her to be his girlfriend before the first date. Yeah, it's um. <laughs> it's so cute. Yeah. So the the Sunday because our first date we we didn't really plan it, but the first date was on a Monday, Monday night. Martha Luther King um, I'm like, hey, day. And she looked so hot. <laughs> she sent a picture into the group chat. I was like, wow. I did dress up. I felt like I I was afraid that I was overdressed. Megs is always hot, but, like, that day she was just extra fire. Like, my wife looks so good that day. Thank you. And when, I think I told you this already, but when we got to the restaurant, he looked around and was like, I don't know how you do it, but you're easily, like, the hottest girl in the restaurant. And I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to go cry in my room right now. Just give me a second. Yeah, she was because of the lighting, but I was blushing from head to toe. I was like, damn. I'm over this. End of podcast. <laughs> it's great to be dating your best friend. It's really, yeah. I'm really happy. Totally. We, <laughs> it's it's Not been like good. I would know. <laughs> <laughs> Just one day. It's okay. <laughs> it was so funny because I was talking to Nick when we were on FaceTime um, during that winter break. He was like, I knew I had feelings for her when I didn't want her boyfriend to come to LA. And I was like, aww, that's so cute. Yeah, so he was just like, I don't want her boyfriend to come. And I was like, epiphany moment. Finally, you've come to admit your feelings. (laughs) But I think it's so cute. I think the relationship going, like what from Megan said, I think it's the best when you're friends first Mm -hmm. and then you go into a relationship a girl can hope (laughs) one day sis i know hopefully i'll be giving some good advice to you i also when we were having that talk i was like okay i hope i'm not pushing you to do anything like you don't want to because uh, like i was just trying to give like my two cents i what i remember saying was like i saw this thing where it's like you can't fall in love twice because if you were really in love with the first person, you wouldn't have fallen in love with the next person, if that makes sense. And I was like, that's interesting. I feel like that applied to, like, Megan in that moment. Because I remember this wasn't the first time that you've had trouble with your ex. And I don't know if you want to talk about it. But yeah, no, right. Because I, like, a few months back, probably in November, um, I my ex and I were having an argument and I feel like the reason why it blew up in such a way like I wasn't talking to him for like a couple of days was because even though something so small it blew up because I was trying to I think I was displacing my anger at him trying to find a reason for us to break up Mm -hmm. and I think you said something like 
if you're trying to find a reason to break up isn't like that the reason itself yeah the reason itself exactly so that was back in november and the only reason why i didn't you know end things there is because obviously one it's a long distance relationship um what if you know you see each other again you see exactly if i go back for the winter break, when I go back home, if I see things, maybe it will like you know remind me like why am I in re- this relationship to begin with, mm-hmm. um, and and well clearly did not. <laughs> <laughs> um, even if I did invite him to Christmas, mm-hmm. um, met my family and everything, I yeah. didn't didn't change how I felt um, about our relationship getting stronger but in fact it was definitely mm-hmm. dying um, i think we should normalize what i've learned from this was like i think we should normalize not like you don't need a big fight in order for you to break up with someone like just because like you don't need a reason to fall out of love like there's no moment there's no like oh this is why i don't love you anymore or this is why i'm not saying like you don't love him anymore i'm just saying like this is why you don't need a reason where it's like this is why this relationship's not gonna work i think sometimes like you just lose feelings especially being in a different environment like going into college like this is a big change in our lives and like i said i was gullible to think that i could come into college with a boyfriend so i just think that sometimes things just don't work out and it's nobody's fault right it's nobody's fault so if you're beating yourself up over breaking up with your significant other or you're having doubts about your relationship yeah talk about it or if it's not going to work it just doesn't work like not everything in our lives are going to work out right and everything's a learning process at this point especially since we're so young and the thing is it may look bad now but just take Megs for example like some bump in the road led her to being the happiest like she's ever been like in the to the point where it makes me sad i'm just kidding it doesn't make me sad i'm so happy for them and i couldn't imagine two people so weirdly right for each other (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i guess that's one way to explain it weirdly right it's not in a bad way though it's just i've never seen like because we were all three of us were best friends i didn't think that there was something there and then it happened and that's why we keep on i keep on saying it's really unexpected mm-hmm. but for the best that's so sweet one of the things that i really admire about megan in particular is like her bravery and courage like, to like follow your heart because even in a relationship and i see it reflected in your life as well the fact that you broke up with your ex right after like we had that talk it was just like i know i prolonged my breakup for a while just because i was like oh i'm scared but for you to just be like, I need to address this problem head on, like right now, that really, really took a lot of courage and a lot of bravery, especially when there's so many like emotions. And I know you and I have this thing in common where it's like, we don't want to hurt anybody. Exactly. That's the last thing I want to do. Exactly. We don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But at the same time, by not hurting other people's feelings, you may end up hurting your own feelings. So it's just kind of like a two-way street. And like I said, I see this reflected in Megan's life, too, because like her family comes from like a very medical background. Like everybody in her family practices medicine. And for Megan to be like, no, I want to do this. And yeah. minor in acting and in theater. Like, I think that's something that's so admirable about you. Yeah. So like Hannah said, my 
whole family has a big medical background. My grandparents were doctors. They actually practiced medicine. They're originally from the Philippines, but they traveled to Africa, stayed there for a few years to practice medicine there. I didn't even know that. That's so cool. So, yeah, I really admired that fact about them. And then both of my parents are nurses. And then I have aunts and uncles who are literally working in labs and hospitals and stuff like that. So, like Han was saying, for me to say, hey, I'm not going to go into medicine, because before you go into UCLA, I was going to go to UC Riverside into their med program for cellular biology with an emphasis of human biology. <laughs> um, saying it amazes me that I was going to go into that field. Um, but I was like, no, this is something, this is a path that my parents kind of enforced upon me rather than it being my own decision. So that's why I went to community college, figured out based on my past experiences, based on what I liked doing the most was participating in local government um, activities and events and stuff like that. So that's why, as I mentioned before, I'm a political science major um, who also in turn tries to incorporate her hobbies as well. Um, That's why minoring in theater in addition to public affairs but Um, yeah i the reason why i'm doing theater not only when it's i did a lot of it in high school and middle school it's really fun it's a great you know it's a great thing to just put yourself out there and meet new people because the community is very great um but for me it would definitely help with my public speaking and my nervousness and stuff like that um especially if you want to do what i'm doing like try to become a lawyer and stuff like that I think definitely figuring out hey how to put yourself out there might as well do theater you know Mm -hmm. because it's a very opening environment um they're very welcoming and stuff like that definitely if you like even from the outside perspective outside perspective you can definitely kind of tell um even if you're a stranger like how opening and how diverse they are um but the I think that's like one of the reasons why I keep on going back to it because even when I graduated high school like there's no way I'm gonna keep on doing theater in college that's like one of the things like uh, I was gonna focus on I was gonna focus on my major and that's it but once I figured out like you can minor at UCLA like basically at a four-year institution I was like I'm this is my opportunity this is like my opportunity to continue getting my education but also continuing doing something I enjoy which is theater theater and um, yeah, I definitely, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. I, I'm in a class that I, I had to audition for. She's incredible. <laughs> I guess you can say that. Um, she broke yeah. a chair. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I had to, one of the, cla- one of the theater classes that I had, had to, that I'm taking right now, I had to audition for. And they, the students, the directing students have to decide whether or not you get into the class. And fortunately, I got into the class. So <laughs> I am in, I'm already casted in like a few projects already. So I'm excited for that. That's awesome. I remember, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember this one time. I think you were just feeling down about, I don't know what it was, but she sent me this text where it was like, oh, like, <laughs> first of all, I thought it was so funny because she was like, Hannah, you're so hot, and Nick is so smart, and I have nothing. I was like, yes, yes. I I was having an identity crisis. Like, who am I? Because I 
I'm surrounded by so many like passionate, talented people. Like I said, you are amazing. You're so sociable. You're gorgeous. <laughs> Stop. Sis, Nick, I like Nick and I had a class last quarter, um, philosophy logic. He was he was getting it. Down. He was like understanding it. I was like, even though he was trying to like um, explain the concepts to me, like I couldn't wrap my head around it. Of course, he's also athletic. He does soccer and stuff like that. Like I, I am proud of your guys' mo. I find happiness in, like, seeing you guys happy and proud of your achievements and stuff like that. And so when I texted you about this, I was like, I thought to myself, like, what is my thing? Like, what is, what am I doing here, that makes me stand apart like from the average Joe? You know. I remember getting that text and I was like, what the fuck. What the heck? Because in my eyes, Megan is, like I said, one of the people that I admire the most. So I came over to her room and I remember sitting on your bed on this side. Um, and I was just like, Megs, are you serious right now? Like, I was like, you're one of the most brave, yeah, brave people that I've ever known because of how you defy the norm. You don't care. And I was, like, I was even talking about, like, she has an incredible earrings collection that I was, like, you're just, you're everything that I've, I want to be. Like, just the way that she doesn't give a fuck about what other people think about her or about your appearance or anything. Sometimes I wish that I could be like that. I'm just, it gets a lot. It gets to be a lot sometimes when you're just, like, self-conscious mm-hmm. about what you look like and who you are. Because I, I do struggle with that, too. But I would just, I remember telling Megs, I was like, are you serious? Like, Megs, you're, like, you're so brave. You're so, you have so much courage to just be who you are without limitations, without being, like, unapologetically who you are. And I was like, literally look at how you're going into theater. Look at how your, even your clothes reflect, like, this trait about you. And I was like, don't ever tell me that you're not talented. Don't ever tell me that you're not this or that because, First of all, we go to UCLA. We're smart. <laughs> yeah, I suppose you're right. Megan's also one of the most kindest human beings like I've ever known. And I'm, I literally talked to my mom about this right before I came back to LA. I was like, I'm so glad that I have this person in my life. And I don't know what I did to deserve her because you were there through for me when I was at my worst. Like I nag. I don't nag. I freaking. What's that word called? You definitely do not nag. <laughs> I rant to her about things like I talk to her about like my roommate problems my boy problems about everything and she's so patient with me she just sits there and listens like that's it and then you also you just you're so comforting and I don't know I'm just so glad that I had the chance so fortunate enough to have met someone like you in my life you're one of my soulmates I'm pretty sure (laughs) speaking about your acting and like your theater I wanted to talk about acting for television versus acting for theater because you've had more theater experience than I have I didn't I did theater when I was like young young like in like middle school but you did it in high school yeah so my first well I started off in middle school too um I never had any prior like acting experience I never took a class Mm -hmm. before my first musical so yeah I was cast in my first musical I kind of was cast in an ensemble role but because of how people drop out, I kind of got bumped up to, like, a main role. Okay. So I was like, this is really enjoyable. Like, obviously, you spend rehearsal time with the same people every day. You kind of 
bond with like your cast members and again that's that community that sense of like friendship and stuff like that makes you want to continue more and more and again it from being a shy kid, um, having this opportunity to be on stage and become someone else, it definitely helps you as a person um, just to get rid of those that, those nerves and stuff like that. Get, have like have a stage presence. Um, and so yeah, I definitely, when I got to high school, I auditioned for the, my play, I auditioned for like the musical and I got in to both of those. Um, I had a assistant directing opportunity um, my second year and continuing on I just was involved in theater in whether it be like the technical side behind the stage or whether it be directing or whether it be like yeah most of it it was acting and I even though I did not take any like theater classes in high school I felt like I was able to you know get the gist of it and like mm -hmm. kind of have that natural thing for it and so it's funny because once I actually got into community college, I did take an acting for camera class. Oh, how was that? It was, well, it being COVID and all, there was kind of oh. some limitations, but there's a difference between, at least from, from what I see, there's a, definitely a difference between acting on stage and acting for the camera. Mm -hmm. For stage, it's like, obviously, one, of course it's live. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing um, that kind of differentiates the two, two types of acting. One, it's live you if you make a mistake you kind of have to play it off or something like that you kind of mm -hmm. have to make it seem natural so the audience doesn't see it but with acting i think you can tell like you just we have takes yeah you have takes you can you have another time you have another try to mm -hmm. get the scene right and like another thing is you have to over exaggerate yeah you definitely have to over exaggerate how you you have to project your words you have to over exaggerate your actions um your movements because depending on the size of the theater, let's let's say it's like a big giant theater, like let's say in San Francisco, the Orpheum, mm -hmm. uh, where there's a mezzanine and everything. So you have people all the way, like way in the back. Mm -hmm. But obviously like you have to act for those people as well, not just the people in the front. So when you're acting, you definitely have to make your gestures big and loud and stuff like that. Even if it's like something as like a sad scene, you mm -hmm. still have to you know convey those feelings in such a way where it will reach those people in the back. For camera, when I took the class, definitely not as dramatic. Mm -hmm. There's angles of how you shoot it. The camera zooms into your face. Like, the audience, it's all the same for everybody because you're watching it on a screen versus in real life when you have to, like, sit there. You want to try to make it as natural as possible, is what my director said. You have to pull these thoughts out of your head. You can't be, like you know, making your facial expressions, you know, big. You more have to like condense it down because again, the camera, you don't have to appeal to all those people in the back. Mm -hmm. You have the camera literally- Right in front of you. Right in front of you, picking up those small details. And those small details are enough to convey what you're feeling. Um, so becoming a theater actor and taking that class was really like, it was definitely difficult for me to adjust. Like, I want to say, like, oh, it's, you know, it's basically, like, the same thing. But really, it really isn't. Yeah. So, I definitely, would I, would I feel like I would be good acting in front of the camera? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Just because I do love that, like, there is a sense of, like, pressure. Like, oh, you have to get this kind of mm -hmm. right 
in theater it's like a live audience you're kind of you kind of also get the reactions in live time mm -hmm. when you're acting in front of a live audience and that's like that's also like the fun of it uh -huh. you know yeah. and it's it's just great to think about because yeah you get the audience reaction you also kind of get you, you play off your castmates and stuff like that um and even though you're doing the same show every night you're also it's a it's definitely a new experience every night yeah, still because um, different people maybe you i don't know something something like small either the small differences make mm -hmm. every show mm -hmm. like basically new and refreshing and i mean that's why i love theater <laughs> it's very it's very fun it's very yeah. fun to be a part of that's really cool. I was just thought it was so interesting because I do acting for television versus Megan does acting for theater. And the differences that you pointed out, I didn't even think about until now. <laughs> and I was like, you're right. It is really different. That's so interesting. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about, especially with Megan, um, is her struggle with... Not struggle, I'm sorry. Um, your... There's no, there's no, yeah, experiences. There's no, like, specific way to say this. But, yes, I do, I, mean, I guess, I guess you can struggle. I mean, that's one way to say it. But I am diagnosed with anxiety and depression. I do experience the ups, the highs and lows um, with, like, mental health and stuff like that. And so, I mean, there's, I just want to say, like, these are just my own personal experience. I can't speak for the whole community or for people who out there who are dealing with, um, you know, mental health issues, anxiety, especially anxiety and depression, which I have, because if you ask these questions to anyone else, most likely they, some while it may be similar, there's going to be a lot of individualized personal experiences. Um, in which they can attest to that's one of the reasons why i wanted to bring megan on not to exploit whatever this i would never do that to you ever or anybody in general i just my whole podcast is to be relatable and to be able to be that one person or that one show that you listen to and say like oh she has the same thing that i'm going through or she's going through the same thing that i'm going through so if any of this helps any of you this is why we're talking about it because these things are not talked about enough. And even if they are, they're done for attention. Whereas even though my audience is small, like I said, if only one of you takes something from this and just is able to understand anxiety and depression and is able to help a friend or go through it yourself and just know like there are other people out there that are just like you, that's all I want. And that's the ultimately my goal here. But I remember I didn't even know that Megan struggled with anxiety and depression. And I think this goes around a lot that even your closest friends, like, you don't know. Because it's in your head. It's not in my head. Like, and sometimes we just can't see this stuff. Or if I, if I didn't know or if someone didn't point it out to me, I would have just, like, been, oh, she's just having, like, another bad day. Yeah. Or, like, a bad day that I just didn't understand. But I remember this one time we went to actually watch um, Nick's um, indoor soccer game. And then after everybody was leaving and I just couldn't find Megan. And I was very confused because like we were with each other the entire night mm -hmm. and I just couldn't find her. And then Nick was like, oh, she probably took off. And I was like, what? What in the world? Like, why did she take off? Like, I don't want her to walk by herself back to the room. And then I called you and you were just like, oh, I kind of just want to be by myself right now. And that's when Nick was like, I think she's having like is it called an episode or it's it's 
for me, I say like anxiety attack, uh, mm -hmm. like a well, a panic attack, anxiety attack. Um, I guess it is. You can call it an episode. Sometimes I call it a meltdown if it really gets bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was basically having an anxiety attack. Um, just as you mentioned, it was basically after the indoor soccer game and. You know, it can get really rowdy sometimes. A lot of cheering, like especially just because competition and that loud environment can really trigger a person. And for me, it did. Um, I was just feeling overwhelmed. It was overwhelming, even for me, because yeah. obviously the boys get overly competitive when they play. They almost got into fights, and it was just, it was a lot, especially even for me. So I couldn't imagine how it was for you. Exactly. Um, so... Yeah, as Hannah was saying, I I basically just had to leave early, um, try to dis dis distance myself, um, try to have a clear mindset. Um, and basically, for me at least, how I deal with it is either, like, most likely just being alone. Um, try to clear my thoughts and stuff like that, or someone to talk to. Um, because there's no real it's not like you can just oh hey i have this anxiety attack let me just stop it right now like you can't just put a stop to it you yeah sure yeah you can't put a stop to it yes you can manage it right but it's just how you handle it is like what's important rather like how you handle it and how what you do afterwards like you don't let it affect your life mm -hmm. you Basically, you deal with it for a short period of time. You learn from that experience. Like, how can I manage this in the future and stuff like that? And then you just learn. You just you get on with your life. At least for me. Um, and so, obviously, it's not the first time I had a um, anxiety attack. Definitely not the last. Um, but I guess from an outside perspective, it must have really been difficult I guess just because you didn't know what to do I mean I I get that I if it was someone else uh, I cared about I would definitely be I would definitely like, shoot what do, what do I do but um I think this just goes to show Megan's kindness where it's like she's going through the anxiety attack and you're thinking about how I felt <laughs> no I was just like I just wanted to make sure that you got home safe and I didn't want you to be because it was dark outside and you know we're girls and you don't know what can happen but I wanted to ask you, what do you think is the best way for a friend to respond? Or like, because you said being alone, but also I know you wanted to talk to somebody too, so. Yeah, I mean, from like an, like let's say if you have a friend that also deals with anxiety and depression and they were having a situation like this, um, one of the things is, one, give them space, give them time. Um, they'll reach out to you most likely if they do want to talk to someone. Um, just be there as a listener and be understanding. You Obviously, you can't say, like, hey, like, I know what you're feeling because mm -hmm. it's definitely... You don't. You <laughs> definitely don't. Maybe you have similar experience, but you going through their head right now, mm -hmm. like, in that moment, definitely, um, definitely it's not the same. For everyone and yeah like I said a big thing is just being there listening for them listening to them and 
letting them know that they're you're there for them um even when they're at their lowest um definitely again going back don't say that you know how they're feeling or like it's not a big deal or um everything's going to be all right i mean it, i know you i know you mean well, you mean well but that's like not the things that they should be hearing at that moment it's minimizing your feelings and your emotions and what you're going through like i know it's not meant to be belittling but in that moment i'm pretty sure it sounds yeah sometimes i mean depending on the situation maybe it is time for like interference or stuff like that but especially if you I mean, let's say it's your first time, but just being there. Like, you would do for any person, even whether it be someone with anxiety and depression or not. Mm-hmm. Just being there for them means a lot. Obviously, knowing, for me at least, I know I have avenues. Like, obviously, I, I have medication for it. I could also see a therapist if I needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Definitely I had to figure that out by myself. I mean, it's not like I had a great, I mean, for, for people with, with mental health issues, it's good to have like a strong support base. Mm-hmm. For me, I would most definitely say it's my friends, um, just because at home, I mean, we could both say like Asian cultures, we, anxiety like mental health in general is not widely talked about exactly mm-hmm. we were talking about this right before we started recording too mm-hmm. yeah. I, I just want to repeat it again because like <laughs> i don't know why it is such like it's so stigmatized that it's bad to uh-huh. openly talk about how you're feeling or like talk about hey i want to i want help i want to see a therapist just that those those key words like mental health therapy, therapy <laughs> like how you're feeling like your feelings it's such it's like words that you can't say out loud in like an asian household or mm-hmm. in my family because they just automatically associate it with something bad uh-huh. it's kind of shameful it's that's why i I feel like I have just been de- denying all these feelings for so long because if I do like realize that this happened to me, then what would my parents think? Mm-hmm. Like, am, am I actually going crazy? And and that's not the case because I I realize that because my ex he has dealt with anxiety and depression, and he he strongly urged me to seek help, and I think. Because he says, while he may, he says he was always there for me, like, he's not, you know, he's not a professional. He doesn't have those tools that, a, like, a, a mental health therapist has to address these issues in a professional sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, at that point, because at that point in my life, all these feelings were, like, being pent up. Like, I'm an adult now. I should be seeking out my own help. I don't need my parents' permission to talk about these things. So that's what I did. I scheduled an appointment. I discussed with my doctor, like, how I'm feeling and stuff like that. She asked me a few questions. And, yeah, she did diagnose me with having severe anxiety and depression. And so after that, we discussed 
courses of action. Obviously, um, what she can do on her end was prescribe me medication for it, which um, kind of helps normalize at least my hormone levels um, when it comes to like serotonin and stuff like that. Um, but the thing that she couldn't help me with was uh, having me see a therapist just because see now this is where my family comes to play because my family doesn't include behavioral health in our in our medical insurance Mm -hmm. and so that was an issue that sucked because I was trying to not include my parents at all in this when my parents didn't know I was gonna seek uh, therapy or my family doesn't even know I was taking medication until way like way later and it was a basically a slip up so when they did find out um they definitely were mad <laughs> they definitely were upset they were definitely saying all these things it's like why what is wrong with you why why are you feeling this way why what anxiety and depression why you have a roof over your head i was saying like earlier we you have a roof over your head you you we give you food like things could be much worse for you yet so why are you feeling this way mm-hmm. and it's not like there's an easy answer for this because yeah i am not that i'm not that i'm not grateful for all these things that my parents provide for me but even so like you can't deny the feelings that i'm feeling yeah even if you do try to explain all these things and so Definitely, even now, they don't completely understand it. Even now, like, because I want to become, because I want to become a lawyer, I want to go to law school and, you know, eventually work up my way up to, like, local government or federal government, stuff like that. Even them telling, even when I was telling my plan to them, like, my future career goals, they always come back to the fact of, like, are you sure you can do this because of your mental health issues, because of your problems? They see it as a problem. And I hate how they word it in that kind of sense, because even if I have anxiety and depression, even if I have mental health issues and stuff like that, it's not like it's a obstacle. It's not like it's going to stop me from achieving my goals. You know, it's not that I, it's not going to hinder my ability. Yeah. Because again, there are ways to manage this. Sure, it will be difficult, but it's not going to stop me completely. Mm-hmm. And I hate how my parents always, now they have, first of all, yeah, I'm not doing medicine, sure. Mm-hmm. They have, they hate that fact. But they put another layer of like doubt into my head just because they keep on bringing my mental health issues. Even, yeah, and see, even that I'm three years into my, working on my bachelor's degree, my political science degree, Every time I go home, every time I go back home and see them or talk to them, it's like... You bring it up. They, they bring it up, exactly. And so, I mean, that's... I mean, I'm glad I have a six-hour distance away from them. <laughs> I mean, I'm still, I'm still taking my medication. I'm still doing online, visit, I'm online appointments with my doctor. Um, it sucks that I still can't see a therapist. But that's an avenue that I'm currently working on, and I hope to, you know, eventually get there in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, just, you know, having friends like you or other friends like Nick or who have dealt with this, who are currently dealing with this, 
right now to talk to it's it's been a good help and I don't know it's I'm just like definitely distancing away from my family who is a major cause in my life for stress and stuff like that it's been a great help just to you know be able to focus on me and not worry about that Mm -hmm. I'm glad we could be here for you and you know I'm always here for you whatever you need um I actually never shared this before either I at one point in high school I think it was when I was going through my body image struggles which is in the other episode if you guys would like to listen to that Um, I wanted to see a therapist too because I didn't know what was wrong with me I didn't know if I had anxiety I didn't know if I had depression I just knew that I wasn't happy and what Megan brought up is so true especially like she said in the Asian household it's like we have a you put a roof over your head you're going to especially with me too you're going to a private school you have friends like what's wrong like your life is perfect yes on the outside it's perfect but you don't know how I'm feeling you don't understand like the feelings that I'm going through and I can't tell you why either like I I didn't know like I I didn't know where these feelings stemmed from and what was causing what was the root of my I can't call it depression because I don't know if it was depression I just don't know why I was not happy and one of the things that I think we need to learn as like a society is to separate our feelings from what's going on inside of our heads because like we said our parents thought we weren't grateful and that's not what we were feeling that's exactly that's not what we were feeling it's not that I'm not grateful I am grateful but I'm just not happy Mm -hmm. and I just don't know why I wasn't happy so I wish I had the ability to go to a therapist to find out the root of these problems for me to progress in my life so I don't know if any of you feel like that but therapy is not a bad thing yeah just want to put that out there therapy shouldn't be stigmatized as a bad thing especially in Asian communities or other communities who may see therapy as a bad thing or just mental health issues as a bad thing like sure it's labeled as issues but it's part of who we are and then something that it's not like we choose to have it like that's exactly it's not like we choose to have it it just happens and it's not a negative thing I don't know why it's being portrayed as that I think that now in our culture, we talk about it a little bit more, but I also think that some people use it as an opportunity to use it as their claim to fame or to use it as, you know, their talk of the day or something. But for people that are actually going through these and actually have these feelings, I'm not saying that everybody else is fake. I'm just saying like there are people that truly struggle with this on a deeper level than those being portrayed. So if you need help i don't think it's i think you should ask for it is what i'm saying yeah definitely actively seek it out um because the only person who can truly help you is yourself i don't think you should be afraid to talk about it either especially when it comes to like your friends and like having like what megan said like a strong support system if i didn't know that megan had um those mental health issues i wouldn't have known how to treat it or how to address like the next anxiety attack or the next panic attack but now that I know and that I understand like this is how I should approach this situation this is what she needs me to do at this moment 
I will be better prepared for something if that were to happen again in the future. So I just really appreciate you coming on and being open and honest about us, things that are not easy to be open and honest about. And I'm sure my audience really appreciates it too. So thank you so, so much, Megan, for talking about it. Anytime, sis. <laughs> really, it's been great just to be talking about this. And I hope, like you said, hopefully someone out there can relate to this and, you know, just... I don't know, just have this podcast as like, oh, great. It's like something to have, you know, that you're not alone. So <laughs> if you ever need anything, please feel free to reach out. DM me at Perception Podcast on Instagram or Hannah underscore M-A-R-R-I-E-E. -E. I don't know if you want to plug yourself. Do you want to plug your Instagram? Yeah, uh, my Instagram is Megan Avis, M-E-G-A-N-A-V-E-S underscore. Um, yeah, you can reach me at there. If you have any questions, any comments, or if you just want to say like, oh, thank you so much, or I relate to this, or if you have questions, comments, concerns, feel free to send them into us. Um, recap of the episode. Uh, basically, don't be afraid to follow your dreams, follow your heart. Don't let your boyfriend stop you from finding your soulmate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Relationships, of course. And don't be afraid to speak up. Like, don't be afraid to talk about how you're feeling because mental health issues is a serious thing that a lot of people go through and we just don't talk about it enough. So, like I said, thank you all so much for tuning in on another Tuesday. I hope you all have an amazing week. Please share this with all of your friends. Leave me a rating if you would like. You already know Misperception comes back every Tuesday and it is now available on Apple Podcasts. So <laughs> feel free to advertise and to share it with all your friends. Thank you so much for joining me and I love you all. I will see you all next Tuesday. Rolling, like literally. I'm sorry, there's gonna be a lot of editing though.